0: And then I think finally, um, you know, having, I I had open heart surgery, I had open heart surgery in 2007.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't, um, to, to repair an aortic aneurysm and the aneurysm was sitting right on top of my aortic uh, valve. And so I went up to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota to, to get this, um, resolved
1: This podcast is sponsored by Engineered Tax Services, a subsidiary of Engineered Advisory, whose goal is to support CPAs and their clients to achieve the highest and best use of time and resources. ETS offers specialty tax services and incentives, which help expand your capabilities and ensure that your clients are paying only what is required in taxes and nothing more. To learn more about Engineered Tax Services, go to engineeredtaxservices.com and mention the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast to receive project discounts and a free CPA partnership ebook. Hi everyone, this is Heidi Henderson, and you are listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast for accountants. I am really passionate about people and the industry. And I truly believe that the accounting industry can do better for both our clients and its professionals. So I'm going to share insights from people who have found professional success and who have managed to balance that with their physical, mental, and personal health. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope you get inspired. Accountants can earn free CPE from listening to this episode. Just visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. And now, on to the episode. Hi, everyone. Today's guest is Philip Wentworth with Rockerbox, and I am so excited to have him with us today because I've been working for Philip, uh, with Phil, for the last couple of years, and uh, he is doing some really great things. Um, Philip, our audience here, kind of the goal with this podcast is... To not only talk about technical things and how those would apply to our accounting and CPA audience, but really talking about like the life behind it, you know, your success, like how did you get here? Where, where, how did all this kind of build out your background, your story? And then um, you and I talked a little bit about generally, you know, how do we balance the workload, especially with what you're doing and having come out of COVID? you're in a special uh, situation, obviously. So I think we have a ton to talk about. I'm super excited for our audience to be able to get to know you a little bit better. So thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. Pleasure to be here. Cannot wait.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So as a first intro, how about you tell us a little bit about your background, how you're with Rockerbox, Really, right now, you're doing tons of employee retention credits, which we work together on work opportunity tax credits. How did you land in this space?
0: Such an interesting question. And it's, <laughs> I wish I had a one or two word or phrase you know answer. but i I'm a entrepreneur at heart, been in technology startups for probably twenty five years. And about almost ten years ago, I got a call from a headhunter uh, that was representing an opportunity with a tax credit provider, and this, uh, provider was started by some former big four, big five, uh, alumni. And I joined really to help out with marketing and sales. And from the onset, we found ways to leverage technology to bring tax credit programs to a mass audience. And, and I, uh, kind of split away from that organization about two years and started Rockerbox, uh, with some friends and colleagues. Mm-hmm. And um, our goal really was to leverage technology even more to help bring these little known tax credit programs to every small business owner in America. And so the way in which we leverage technology allows us to go downstream to the pizzeria on the corner that's hiring mm-hmm. 10 kids a year mm-hmm. or all the way up to one of the largest staffing firms in the world that's hiring about thirty thirty-five thousand uh, 35,000 people a year. Wow. And so it really is this whole idea of getting into the provisions, understanding the, the programs from a 360 view, but then applying stupid, simple, automated and innovative technology solutions to, to those provisions so that virtually any business in the United States uh, can now leverage and have access to these programs.
1: Wow. Wow, that, it's an interesting background. Well, I was chatting with a client today who was referred by their CPA, and their CPA um, had said, hey, chat with Heidi about some employee retention credits and some of these other things. They happen to qualify for research and development credits as well. And the very first thing this guy asked me is he goes, but why isn't my CPA doing that? Why did he tell me to call you? <laughs> and <laughs> Right? I mean, it's like this question we get a lot. And I said, hey, it's a it's a really meaningful and justifiable question. Yeah. And ultimately, as specialists, some of these things are so technical, and that's exactly the case with the employee retention credit as well, Yes. and why we're seeing so many of these firms kind of pop up first, because the opportunity is huge, obviously, but because of the technical side behind it. So it's interesting you've been able to really dive into that and build that system because I think that's what the CPAs haven't been able to do is spend the time to build the system especially in the midst of tax season in the midst of PPP yep. loans and everything else with tax season and the chaos we've had over the last few years it's just one more thing that you know we just don't have time to manage so yeah. how have you helped from a from a I guess growth standpoint on your end Working with CPA first, has that been a target of yours? And how has that kind of helped to build that relationship with them?
0: Absolutely. You know, I I love telling this story about ERTC. Heidi, you've heard it before, but, you know, Rockerbox really made a name for itself and Watsi. Um, And so we have technology systems built around that that are proprietary. It's our goal, our, our code. And we're really quite proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Well, a lot of our WASI clients came to us in in April of 2020 after the CARES Act was passed and wanted help with ERTC. And and quite frankly, we wanted no part of it. You know, ERTC was new. It's over 900 pages of provisions. It's highly nuanced. It's unprecedented in nature from the fact that it's a fully refundable tax credit. And there's just so many moving pieces. I mean, it's highly nuanced. It's, it's incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and the risk, you know, with, with is, is pretty high. It still is today because you're, you're filing uh, on behalf of the employer with the IRS. Yep. And so we had clients kind of push and nudge us. And we, we finally decided to get into the space simply because our clients came back to us with overtures from other providers. And we were, we were horrified with what we saw, you know, the guarantees and the promises, and they really weren't, in our mind, in our opinion, looking into the nuances and acting on the best interest of the client. So we jumped in, and now we have a fully functioning ERTC practice area. Uh, at any one given time, we've got between 45 and 60 clients that are in the, in the queue. And, and I say all that, we, at Rockerbox, we don't have a direct sales team. Um, we rely on partners like CPAs to make introductions uh, to their clients. And let's not forget the role of the CPA. We love our CPA, Sean Deaver, shout out, in Boston. <laughs> we couldn't do our job without Sean. But really? Sean's role in Rockerbox is really to help us with financial reporting and, and making sure that we are compliant in regards to, to taxes. And he does take on a very special role with us as a trusted advisor. But Sean, we has so many hours in the day, right? And, and I would never expect Sean to come to us and, and execute this type of program, simply because that's not his role on our team. And, and for him to become an expert in this area, he would have to drop everything for mm. probably three to six months to get his hands fully around the provisions yeah. and all the different nuances. And so... You know, we have looked to the CPA channel as, as a trusted advisor, and we are trying to extend their value by bringing this value, this, this specialty value to their clients. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worked very well. I mean, we've submitted thousands of, of 941Xs to the IRS and 98% of those have come from the CPA channel. And it's, um, we've built processes around that. Not a whole lot of technology. But a lot of processes around that to make it so simple for a CPA firm to make the introduction, send us the documents that are required to prove employer eligibility and also calculate the credit. Um, We think we've made this really simple for the CPA firm to engage with Rockerbox and extend their specialty practices to all of their clients.
1: Yeah. Okay, so... I'm the I'm gonna play devil's advocate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so there's there's all of these providers now that seem like they're kind of coming out of the woodwork. Yep. And I have friends, I have colleagues, I have clients, I have CPAs that I work with who say, Oh, I've been called by this person. I've been reached out by this person. And, you know, some of them, some of my CPA contacts are calling to say, look, you know, I'm being told this, but I'm not comfortable with that. You know, what is your thought? And, you know, they know that they can bounce those ideas off of us. I I appreciate that they have that trust in us to, you know, we're here for the long haul. We've been in business for 22 years, so we're not going anywhere. One of the comments that I'm hearing from these firms is "Well." It's fine. We're going to support you in audit. And um, we've never been audited. So you're safe. Now, I don't know that anybody has been audited for an ERC credit yet because it's too new. And secondarily, to be perfectly honest, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman who I asked him. I said, so what are you going to do? You're doing ERC right now. What are you going to do when ERC is gone? And he told me, I'm going to take my money and go lay on the beach. I'm done. Yeah and yeah to be perfectly i mean that that was a little terrifying to me yeah. I and mean, i think that's what clients and cpas well cpas typically are very cautious with making referrals rightfully so because their clients are pushed or, or pursued by a lot of these firms but how do we know that they're going to be around in a year or two years they say that right. they're supported under audit they say that you know they've crossed the t's and dotted the i's and those are the risks that we're seeing because of this thing, which is, this is the new shiny penny right now. And, you know, how long is it going to be around? We know we've got, what, it's three years from the end of 2021 to refile, right? It's three years from the time the 941 was filed,
0: correct? Correct. Yeah. From the time in which the uh, the credit was earned. Correct. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a couple years um, where this is still going to be around and then this is going to close up. So with that said... You know, what's your long-term plan? Just just for listeners, because I think yeah. it's important to really look at it and say, look, we as providers need to make sure that we're looking out for our clients' best interests and that we're being cautious, but still looking for opportunity. You know, it's like where's that balance?
0: There's a fine line, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> there's so many different places to start this conversation, but we do. <laughs> you know, the, the main reason we got into this business idea is we saw what I would term kind of Generic entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. coming into the space and, and making claims and promises that we felt were incredibly aggressive and, and when you look at ERTC, it is unprecedented in nature because it is a fully refunded bull uh, tax credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we probably will not see another program like this in our lifetime, at least I hope we don't right, because if we don't <laughs> see it, then the economy is stable and we don't need it in, in the course of trying to get updates for our clients, some of our larger clients you know we've been on the phone with the IRS. I'll call it 35, 40 times in the last 18 months. And, and we have asked them, hey, you know, what are you seeing? Um, you know, can you, can you look at our documentation and let us know if we're doing this the right way? And, and we have been uh, pleasantly, uh, not surprised, but we have th- to hear the feedback that we are doing things the right way. We have on occasion asked, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Agent, we haven't seen penalties being published by the IRS in regards to this program. Can you shed some light on that? Because typically the IRS will come out with provisions or updates, and then what, what is a normal occurrence is to have them publish kind of some uh, some ideas around penalties if if there are um, inaccuracies or fraud.
1: Right. And we, yeah. ju-
0: and we just haven't seen that. And, mm-hmm. and the IRS is telling us that because the program is unprecedented, that the penalties would be unprecedented as well. Hmm. And And I guess my comment to anybody listening, you know we we are going to be here tomorrow. uh every one of our clients gets what we call an audit ready binder at the end of the project. Now, it's not a tax opinion, but it's an electronic binder that is delivered to every client via email. uh It's a PDF, and within that PDF, we talk specifically about the employer's eligibility, why we believe they are eligible for the for the program, number one and number mm-hmm. two. The quarters in which they are eligible, and we're very specific. We then provide every piece of documentation to help prove that that employer is eligible for those quarters. After that, we then discuss the methodology in which we use to calculate the credit, taking into consideration other programs, whether it's an EIDL uh, or a PPP loan, or um, to your point, research and development, if there's any wages allocated towards other credit programs like Mm Watsi, And so we're boxing out and not double dipping and and we're discussing in in very great detail how we arrived at the credit calculation. And then we do have the supporting 941Xs, the actual documents we send into the IRS on our client's behalf. We're going to keep that binder on our servers for up to five years. We have been told by the IRS that that is the a uh, audit window for ERTC. Ken. So we'll keep that on our uh, servers for five years. And we hope that the client does as well. We did have a client here in Texas. It was a, a furniture refer uh, business that got uh, audited by the state for some sales tax usage uh, items. And And when the auditors were in their office, they did ask to see, hey, what documentation do you have for this? We're not here for this, but we just kind of want to look over your shoulder and, and see what kind of documentation you have. And they provided the, the binder mm-hmm. and that was it. You know, the auditors packed up their stuff and left. Now, to be nice. clear, they weren't there to scrutinize our binder, but but we feel pretty confident that the binder, if a third party does come knocking on one of our clients' doors, the binder is going to help that auditor get probably 90 to 95 percent down the runway. Right. Um, and, and we will. We will jump in. Uh, virtually and and we will um make ourselves available to answer questions from any third party for any of our clients but i love I love your point earlier you know e t s has been in business for twenty twenty one twenty two years um we've been at this for close to a decade now mm-hmm. I got my start in tax credits in in two thousand and fifteen mm-hmm. and so we have no plans of packing up of going anywhere you know once and and we know to be clear to your point heidi. ERTC is sunsetting. It's not going to be around. It's not going to be a permanent program. At least that's what we're, we're led to believe today. Mm-hmm. And so we know the ERTC is going to sunset and, and we will roll over our ERTC practice area personnel into other programs like WATSI or FICA TIP Credit or Empowerment Zones yeah. uh, or even state funded grant programs. And so we're not going anywhere. We don't want to go anywhere. You know, our mission is to get out in front of these tax credit programs and some of the state-funded grant programs, and and just, we, we feel like we're a steward of the IRS. Our goal is to get these programs into the hands of every small business owner in America. If you look at the Amazons of the world, if you look at the Walmarts of the world, they've got tax departments that are employed with tens, if not hundreds of, of staff members, and, and they've got the resources and the bandwidth to look into these programs, to execute these programs, to manage these programs. And the average small business owner, you know, I'll pick on the pizzeria at the corner, you know, (laughs) they don't have the, the wherewithal or the resources to investigate, execute, and manage these programs. And that's where RockerBox comes in. Yeah. So we don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. We'll be here to pick up the phone if something should happen.
1: <laughs> that's that. That's always good. I think that's comforting, and you know, and as a partner with you know with accountants, that's one of the big things. I think it's so important for for our industry and for the accounting industry to understand the pitfalls, to understand yes. the strengths, and have strong resources that are available. Because it, it's always a little bit. Uh, it's always a little bit difficult when someone uh, reaches out, a client reaches out, and says, "Hey, I've been contacted by." Right. Joe Blow, who's asking <laughs> to do this or telling me I should qualify for this, but why didn't you tell me about it? Or, you know, wh- why, why have I missed this to this point? And so I think that's one of the big things in going back to this podcast in general is how do we help the industry as a whole be more proactive and I'd understand- where to look at these opportunities and, and have enough, you know, it's like, we're always putting those arrows in the quiver, right. To increase knowledge. We don't have to be, we don't have to be experts in everything, but just knowing enough to be dangerous. Um, yeah. So I, I have other questions in terms of where you're going. Cause I know that Rockerbox has, is building other resources before we go there. And before yeah. I I dig more into you personally, <laughs> which will be <laughs> fun. Um, my, my last question is tell me a couple Scenarios where you are seeing—I I don't know—I might be too aggressive to call it blatant fraud, but uh, where you're seeing people pursue the credit in very, very gray areas.
0: It's—it's <laughs> it, it's, oh, it's in almost every industry, and it—it's it, painful to watch. It really does turn my stomach because mm-hmm. if, if you go back. To, to some of our conversations with IRS agents, mm-hmm. the penalties are going to be unprecedented. I think yeah. they're going to go after individual, not not the company or the, the provider, mm. but actual individuals and or their professional licenses. We've okay. we've heard from IRS agents that there could be a 5x penalty. So if you mm. took a dollar from the treasury and you didn't deserve it, you might owe $5 plus penalties and in interest. Wow. Well. And, and so it's just, this is just something that has so much risk and, and some of the, some of the aggressive behaviors we've seen, you know, I'll pick on a mortgage company that didn't have a good decline in, in gross receipts. Okay. Um, they did, they weren't restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this company just came in and said, we get all that, but our view of the world is you could have made more money. And if COVID wasn't there restricting your business, you could have made maybe two times more or three times more after they've had record years in 2020 and 2021 because of where interest rates were.
1: Mm.
0: And so the credit coming out of this vendor was, was close to $2 million. And you just sit there and go, I, I, I cannot rationally with what I know about these provisions. Hang this employer's eligibility together. Wow. I mean, it would be chicken wire and chewing gum at best. And if, <laughs> and if a third party came and looked over my shoulder really? and with the amount of money that this mortgage company thought they had access to, I, I, I just don't know how you defend it. Yeah. If, if you're reading the provisions, the way in which I think they were written for interpretation. Well, and right. so that's just I mean, one it, example. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, the, the, the calculation itself is complicated. And to your point, looking at PPP loans, how those then integrate into our costs and how we're tying all this together and R&D credits it, and kind of doing all of these complex calculations and reconciliations, there's a lot there. But the code itself is relatively clear in that we're looking at reduced revenues in a direct comparison and we're looking or we're looking for mandatory shutdowns or restrictions so another one that i've seen a lot about is looking like three steps down uh saying there were supply chain issues i wasn't shut down but my my suppliers two chains below me were shut down so technically so so how have you handled that scenario because that's one that i've been contacted contacted by cpas who have asked me look, this is what's being brought to me. I'm uncomfortable with it and we need an opinion. Um, and that's kind of where we, we dive into yeah. that. So what are you seeing?
0: It's tough, Heidi. That's, that's one of the most challenging cases that we've come across in the last mm-hmm. two and a half years. Uh, supply, supply chain issues are really difficult.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I would say to any CPA or, or, or client out, employer out there that's listening can hear my voices, find a, a provider that's willing to tell you no. <laughs> I mean, you've been on calls with me. We spend so much yep. time on the discovery call asking the employer questions about their eligibility and really getting into their fact patterns around eligibility. And, and we have ended calls and thanked people for their time and just said, you know, you're not a good candidate for this because you don't qualify based on our interpretation of the provisions. Yeah. And so that's my first thing. We love telling people no. I mean, we're here to make <laughs> money like anybody, and we want to help as many small business owners as we can. That's our goal. But if they don't qualify, they don't qualify. It's too much risk for the employer. It's too much risk uh, for our company and our brand to to move forward. Yeah. To to your point, supply chain, Heidi, it it is just so hard to string that together. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we haven't had a couple cases. We have. um, But a majority of the supply chain, we have just told no uh, to them because it is so hard to prove. Yeah. I mean, our test at Rockerbox is... If, if we can't physically grab the restriction, if it's not on a government website, the governor's website, a county health department, mm-hmm. if we can't physically grab the restriction and prove that that was a, stric- a restriction that encumbered or injured your business from conducting business as usual, yeah, we're just not going to move forward. I mean, saying yeah. that you had supply chain issues and proving it are two different things.
1: Yeah. And well, many I, times,
0: yeah. Many times we just can't get the employer to provide us with enough tangible, credible proof that the supply chain impacted their business. Yeah. Such a great scenario. We yep. see it every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I absolutely respect your position in that too. Cause yes, we have we have you know, we've had those calls, we've really we, you know. It's a consensus with our firm as well that we do everything to not leave a stone unturned. We certainly do yep. not want to leave a dollar on the table that is eligible and that is, is supported. So we appreciate and respect your opinion on that as well. So and, and your Thank stance, you. uh, your stance on on. Um, you know, really doing everything to follow the letter of the law. So, with that, and kind of back to the whole, you know, longevity of business in general. I know you're you're building other systems. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of that those other things. Now, you're also doing work opportunity tax credits, right?
0: Correct. Yes, I love talking about kind of our technology roadmap. Mm-hmm. We've been in the space, like I said, for almost a decade, and and we want to give stupid simple automated, innovative tools to, to every small business owner. <laughs> and, and we've noticed this, you know, over the last, you know, close to a decade that, that many small businesses just don't have those technology tools today. So in our roadmap, we do have what we call the WOTC optimization system fully functional today. Mm-hmm. We use, a, we're a little bit different in the fact that we take the 8850, the questionnaire for uh, screening for WOTC eligibility. We don't use that in our uh, WOTC optimization system. Instead, we kind of use some gamification and icons to make it a little bit simpler and easier for the employee to complete our screening questionnaire. Okay. And so we're a little bit different in that regard. Um, And so that is fully functional today. We're going live with our payroll system on November 1st. Nice. When we have access. Yeah, we're so excited about it, Heidi. When we have access to payroll data, the execution of these tax credit programs, specifically Watsi and URTC, it becomes a lot more efficient and cost-effective for our team. Mm -hmm. So payroll will will come out November 1st, and then soon after that, in Q1 of 2023, we are going to go live with a simple ATS, we call it a Simple Applicant Tracking System, Hmm. and then a new hire onboarding system. So we we wanted to create this for yeah. our restaurant clients. You know, some of these uh, restaurant owners have three, four, five, even eight locations, and each of the managers at each location is hiring people almost on a weekly basis. And there's no compliance effort. Typically, there's no um, continuity as it relates to job descriptions or even pay rates, and everything is paper. And so, we want to give these tools to the small business owners. So they can post job descriptions through one system. They can then take on applicants and we can screen them for tax credit programs almost immediately. Hmm. But everything is going to be housed in one system, even the payroll data. Mm -hmm. And we've got things that are churning in the background that no one even notices, constantly uh, updating files and constantly looking for tax credits. So we're pretty excited with with our technology vision.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Well, congratulations yeah. on the on the growth and continuing to to be proactive and moving towards that. And and to that note, kind of transitioning then. One of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast is because I am I am really believe it or not, are very passionate about the accounting world, and I started in accounting. And one of the things that I see is you've got this industry that has a, a tremendous demand on time and, um, and yes. energy, particularly during tax season. And I see it take a toll on people physically yes. to such an extreme extent that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little scary and alarming. And I, I see these, the people that I work with and I saw it in myself before kind of moving into consulting and realizing that, you know, it's so important to try to find balance and, you know, our harmony in that in our lives. And it's easier said than done, especially like I was saying, coming through COVID, I mean, every tax season is hard, but you talk with CPAs today, you talk with anyone really in any business, we have staffing issues. We don't have enough help. We've got too much work to go around. We've got firms that are firing clients, you know, because they're not taking on any new clients. They're making decisions based on the fact that there's just not enough time in a day. And that takes such a toll on all of us emotionally, physically, um, um, mentally, all of these different ways. And ERTC clearly is something that this came on board. It was really quick. There was a frenzy. <laughs> yes. It's been a complete um, chaotic experience for the last couple of years, as we've seen also in the accounting space with the changes. And so with that being said, you just got married recently. <laughs> Congratulations, <Yes>. thank you. <laughs> so happy for you. And so, you. in the middle of all of this, you are handling and doing a phenomenal job at working through this employee retention credit and and building your company, working with clients. You are getting married and uh, and and also looking to the future of building your firm. How have you managed all of this and managed all of that, in a sense? Of trying to keep balance, and I well, know it's, like, it's a it's yeah. a funny question, isn't it?
0: <laughs> no, it's a great question. I you know, let's patch in my wife. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she makes she makes this uh, this world work for me, and and <laughs> certainly Rockerbox. So hats off to Stephanie. She's been amazing I throughout this. I, I appreciate the compliment and the question, Heidi. You know, it's it's. Um, you know our mission is to get get these things, these programs out to as many small business owners as possible as possible. You know mm-hmm. we we think we're stewards of the IRS and and that's our goal, right? Mm-hmm. We got into ERTC because we want to help people, mm-hmm. and um, we're honest here at, at Rockerbox. You know I would give myself we we spend so much time hiding on the work product mm-hmm. that we we probably have not done an adequate job of shoring up. You know. So, you know, how we communicate and how we report back to some of our partners and, and and we admit, you know, we see that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think that we've done, you know, a perfect job. Now, we've spent so much time worrying about the work product and being compliant and wanting to be accurate for our clients because the risk is so high. But at the detriment, I think, of some of these other operational issues. One of the things that, that we found with ERTC is it's so hard to forecast against. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the next week or the, the next day as far as client acquisition, just the sheer volume. We don't know how to forecast against that. And so it's been really challenging to try to scale and and build technology and infrastructure around a practice area that has virtually no forecasting ability. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's tested me as an owner. It's tested me as an entrepreneur, as a husband. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been, it's been incredibly frustrating and challenging, but I will say that the upside is we're helping thousands of small business owners. And so I think, you know, the pain and the discomfort and the frustration that we've experienced as a team has been well worth it. Yeah. You know, how am I managing this personally? Yeah. Um, a lot of long walks in, in the afternoon, uh, a lot of swimming laps in the pool. Nice. Um, a lot of day trips with my wife, just to kind of unhook and, and kind of recharge. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would be remiss. We have a bunch of ninjas on our team. <laughs> I'm I'm just amazed at what our team is able to accomplish on an hour by hour, day by day basis. Mm-hmm. It has truly been a Herculean effort. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just a sprint. Like we're not doing this just for a couple days or or a couple weeks. They've been at this at this pace. For eighteen months, yeah, and um, I, you know, hats off to them. So that's how I think Rockerbox and and certainly myself are are managing this. But I think it all starts at home with with having a tremendous amount of support uh, through my wife and my family.
1: (laughs) Well, always. I mean, our support systems are so huge. Um, So I'm interested in in diving a little deeper into your walks and your swimming because. That's one thing. I think the number one thing that goes by the wayside when we are stressed and overloaded and overworked is getting in some exercise. Yep. And um, it's hard because it's time consuming. And it feels, uh, it feels like, it almost feels like a benefit. Like something we get to do when we have time. Right. Um, but yet... When we don't, I know for myself, I am not the same person mentally or physically yep. if I don't take the time. So is that something that you have always committed to? Is that what's kind of your – what what stemmed that in your life to take time to, to do some physical activity?
0: Yeah. yeah, I've always been a little bit of an athlete. Some people can, you know, <laughs> come back at me and, and maybe – be a little bit combative on that statement, but I, I would always we don't look all have at myself. To be
1: professionals.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, they're I, I was a collegiate athlete and so i i've always been in the weight room or in the water or you know doing something yeah. athletic whether it was triathlons or, or whatever and and honestly when when the pandemic hit and we started rocker box there was a tremendous amount of guilt felt when i would take time for myself mm. whether it was a workout or whether it was you know a, a long weekend with my wife because I felt like I was abandoning my clients and and my team here at Rockerbox. Yeah. And how how silly is that, right? (laughs) And so I started to put a bigger emphasis on working out probably at the beginning of this year. And I think it's taken me that long to kind of get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, and now when I don't swim three times a week and I don't walk three times a week, to your point, Heidi, I just feel like a different person mm. to the point where when I come back from those walks or, or swimming sessions, my wife notices a completely different person walking back into the house. And so yes. it's the, the, um, the benefits that I have received from staying focused on my working out um, has made me, I think, a better husband. Maybe a better boss. I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better, and um, I think I'm a better, more well-rounded Philip.
1: Wow, yeah, th- I think that's huge because y- I think you hit the nail on the head when when you say that you almost feel guilty because, mm-hmm. in a sense, I mean, sometimes we hate working out, right? But then there's some things that if we don't think of a a hike as a workout or a walk or a bike ride, we almost look at that as recreation. And so then it does feel like we're taking a break. But it's so fascinating because I know that I tend to feel that way. I think a lot of our professionals tend to feel that guilt in taking yeah. that break or being gone a little too long, even if it's a long lunch break to go for a walk or to do a workout or leaving the office earlier, I I had one of my uh, CPA firm um, friends actually make a comment to me one day and says, "You know, it took me a long time to realize and real and remember that I'm not a surgeon and that tax burn <laughs> is not going to <laughs> cause someone to die."
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yep.
1: And I think that's what we have to try to remember as individuals is that that one day we don't work out or that week we don't because we need to make sure and get those extra tax returns done, or you know that month can actually lead to things down the line in us personally and physically that can be life-threatening in the long run and the tax return won't. And so that's the yeah. the, the interesting correlation that, I think I hope to just bring some, if nothing else, motivation and inspiration to people. It may not be people's favorite topic to talk about, oh, that's right. I should make time to go work out or do something. But there's that aspect of it that to find that mental space, like you're saying, and I don't know about you. I mean, maybe when you're swimming, I would imagine there's not a whole lot going through your mind because you can't be distracted by phone calls and emails and social media, you're in the moment. So a lot of times that time also allows you to think about proactive things with your business and how you can grow and expand and where you want to go next. So that can also be a huge benefit.
0: It's therapeutic. It it really is. It's, (laughs) it's like going and, and and I'll say this to your audience. You know, I, I have a, mental health professional in my life. I have been seeing him for the better part of 12 years. I, uh, for, for anybody out there that's listening, you know, we started after my divorce and, and started working on me as a person, you know, individually. And it morphed into kind of a career, um, entrepreneur coach and for anybody out there, whether you're a CPA, entrepreneur, um, tax practitioner, I don't care I, I I have told my friends about this for years and I wish everybody would take me up on the offer to go engage and have a relationship with a counselor. For me, I go now about every six weeks, maybe eight weeks, and it's almost like taking out the mental trash. <laughs> and, and so swimming is very much like that where I, to your point, Heidi, I get to relax. I, I don't think about work necessarily all the time. And I kind of just do this reset. And when I come out of the water, I'm open to getting myself out of the business. You know, I'm I'm typically working in the business so that I can then start thinking about the business and more strategic initiatives. But um, I didn't want to pass over this very important topic and not mention my relationship with my therapist. Um, I don't think I would have the perspective and I don't think I would be where I am today, personally or professionally, without having that type of person in my life. It has been, Probably one of the most invaluable relationships outside of my wife, mm-hmm. um, personally and professionally, that, that I've ever had uh, in my life. And uh, for what it's worth, you know, going back to your comment about motivating and, and maybe even inspiring someone to take the next step in their life. Hopefully mm-hmm. that, that triggers maybe maybe uh, some action with someone, one of your listeners.
1: Yeah, you know, what, that, that's amazing because especially for a man. Yep. To to you know say look, I have a counselor that I go to and I work through it. Like you, honestly, I maybe have heard one male in my lifetime ever. Open up and talk about something like that. So that's amazing. I think that's. I think it is inspiring. Um, I mean, I'm well, touched by that personally. So thank you for sharing that.
0: You bet. Um, thank I, you for that, Heidi.
1: <laughs> I think it's. I think it's really important. I know I'm a, a point in my life as well. I think as we get older and our kids are grown and we start looking at the future, you know, wanting to make a difference in the world as well.
0: Um, well, and so I I can't agree more. Just one other comment. You know, I, at Rockerbox we have an advisory board. And, and I don't have all the answers as it relates to the mission and vision of Rockerbox or the day-to-day answers. I don't, I'm not that smart and I don't (laughs) have that much experience, but that's, that's what our advisors do. You know, any, any sort of obstacle or issue that we have at Rockerbox, if we can't come to a consensus internally or we can't find the answer as a partnership group, we've got these 12 people as resources that we can uh, tap into at, at, at the drop of a, of a hat. Mm-hmm. And I look at my therapist almost the same way. Like I don't, I mean, yep. I didn't come with an instruction manual. My parents just didn't give me one and say, well, this is your personality. <laughs> this is, this okay. is how you need to solve problems. these are the decisions you need to make. Yeah. And so my therapist, you know, has enabled me to become a better human, you know, wow. and I get to talk through issues, um, because I don't have a personal advisory board. I've got a therapist. And so, wow. um, if that helps someone kind of assimilate, you know, the relationship I have with the therapist. Yeah, I hope I hope that makes sense. But um, yeah, very much in the same in the same uh, areas as as our advisory board. My therapist is very much my personal advisor.
1: That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I think I think that's really insightful and interesting. Um because I know with a lot of firms as well there's always that interesting dynamic between partners which are are like spouses yes. <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> good and bad and and never easy. Um and and so having a resource in whichever form I think is is huge. It's incredible you found that. So last question for you and I'm going to kind of blend two questions. Okay. Um you know one is what is a really pivotal tell me about a really pivotal moment in your life but i want to blend that with what do you really attribute to your success because mm-hmm. i feel like those can almost almost go hand in hand if we look at what really shifted something for us in our life that really has then led to our success i think success ultimately is because we've something sort of flipped a switch in us and we decided to to do something brave So, so is there a moment in your life or something or someone in your life you feel like that was that trigger for you?
0: Yeah, I would just say, you know, going back to me being a former athlete, you know, coaches, Mm. I've been on some really good teams and I've been on some really bad teams. And, um, I think with the really good teams, you know, I was on a basketball team. It was a rec team. Mm this is before aau and all that fun stuff but we we were really good we didn't lose a game i think in like 6 years maybe 7 years and and the coach just gave us a process for winning <laughs> gave us a process for life and 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 gave us a process for confidence and so coming out of that situation having that having worked and earned that type of success with a defined process gave us all i mean i can speak for myself i think my teammates just A template for life, like it it doesn't matter what life throws at you in college or, you know, your early professional years, you've got a process, you've got a template to endure and succeed. Wow. And, and it just, I'm so blessed that it happened, you know, in my preteens and teen years that, that helped me, you know, take those tools on early adulthood and into my early professional years. And then I think, you know, I think. After that, after kind of applying that and and doing some testing and fails and successes, you know, getting funding at such a young age, when I started my first company, I think I was 23 or 24 years old, having a VC come in and kind of overlook our shoulders and say, gosh, this is a great idea. We want to apply capital to this um, was another kind of shot in the arm and and kind of uh, re-crystallized, if you will. And confirm that, hey, this process I learned so long ago still works today. And it's paying dividends for me in early adulthood. (laughs) And then I think finally, um, you know, having, I I had open heart surgery. I had open heart surgery in 2007.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't. um, to, To repair an aortic aneurysm. And the aneurysm was sitting right on top of my aortic uh, valve, and so I went up to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, wow. to to get this um, resolved. Um, and I went to Mayo because they had the the surgeon the surgeons on staff to kind of assist with any sort of scenario that might happen once they opened me up. And so, you know, coming out of that and and still being able to to compete in triathlons and, and still try to be kind of a weekend warrior um i think also just said you know again going back to that process is okay you've got a process you've got a template no matter what life throws at you we know that this template can be leveraged and there's nothing that that god's going to give you that is bigger than you or bigger than what you can um resolve on your own or or with a very good and healthy support system
1: Wow. Well that's that's an incredible message. Like I, I had no idea. And it just makes it even that more, I think, inspiring knowing that you're, you know, committing to to continue to move and continuing to um to live life and be successful. So that is that is so amazing. I'm so grateful that you've shared all of this and I'm super thank you. Excited. I'm motivated. I hope my <laughs> listeners are, but I am. Um, <laughs> that's a
0: first. I'm, I'm glad I helped one person.
1: <laughs> no, no, that is that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me. And um, for for anyone listening, um, Rockerbox does have uh, a program. So if you contact uh, Philip, will share his contact information. Let him know that you heard him on the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast for accountants. And uh, uh, he'll give you a discount. So awesome. we'll, we'll talk about that. So, Heidi, uh, thank you again. so
0: much for the platform. I really appreciate it. This is so much fun. Thank you. <laughs>
1: okay, absolutely. Thank you so much again. Appreciate you joining, and we'll talk to you soon.